Hello, bonjour. Welcome to Pardon Our French with Quincy and Justine. This is our COVID episode. Yes, ma'am. In French, la COVID, but le virus. I hope you agree that la COVID is bullcrap. It doesn't make a lot of sense. But we will be talking about our experiences because I was in France when the first lockdown fell. Justine was still in the U.S. at this point. Mm -hmm. um, and then she arrived right before the third lockdown, yep. third and final. Yeah, so in France, the lockdown started, we just looked, it was March 15th? Yes. Um, the confinement. The confinement, yes. I actually, the week before, because I, I think I had said in our uh, intro episode that I had um, decided to stay in France and everyone in my program left. Um, so the week before the confinement fell, I actually ended up going to Budapest by myself no on this trip that I was supposed to go on with some Colombia friends. Um And I, you know, naively was like, oh, I don't know how difficult it's going to be to travel, so, you know, I should go. Which you were right, because it was difficult. It's, yeah, I was very right, and I went, and I had a fantastic trip. Mm -hmm. um, is this the trip where you, like, shipped yourself wine? This is the trip, <laughs> yes. <laughs> because we were supposed to do a wine tasting, and so I obviously still went. And then, you know, I did have a case of... <laughs> of Hungarian <laughs> sparkling wine shipped to the Columbia Center in Paris. Great. I just had no qualms doing that. I was like, I'm the only one left here. I'm sending myself some of this sparkling <laughs> wine. And I came back, and the confinement was about to begin. I was lucky enough to have some family friends here. They actually have an immunocompromised daughter, and so they were saying, we're going to go out of Paris. We're going to leave because it's just too risky And they had kind of talked with my parents, and they were like, oh, it would make us more comfortable if Quincy went with you because she'll be alone. Yeah, I'll be alone in my 28-square-meter apartment. <laughs> um, so I did go with them, and I spent the first confinement, or confinement, with them outside of Paris in Chablis, which oh, was nice. pas mal du tout, pas mal I have du to tout. say. Um, but Not we were, at yeah, at the beginning, we had to write these attestation de, what is it called, uh, déplacement dérogatoire. Yeah. And you basically have to log where you're going, what time you're leaving, because you were only allowed to leave your house for one hour at a time. Mm -hmm. And it had to be within one kilometer of your house as well. Yeah. So you could, and that's, for people who don't do kilometers, that's about a 15-minute walk. It You know, at the, at the beginning it was scary because in mm -hmm. Europe, especially, you know, I think... It, Italy was the first, like, real epicenter of it. Yeah. But a lot of people are dying. Yeah, it was I mean, really everywhere, scary. but it was really, I think it hit Europe a lot sooner than it hit the U.S. And yeah. then they actually traced back the first case of COVID to Paris, and it was December 2019. Yeah. Things did open up in May, so I think we were under the first confinement for about 50, 55 days. Yeah. Um, things opened up. I returned to Paris. I was so eager to be back in the city that I actually went for a run. Wow. Which is, like, unheard of for me because I have <laughs> terrible knees. Um, <laughs> were people out at that time? People were out. People yeah. were dying to be out. Yeah. You know, I mean, you tell Parisians not to do something. They want to yeah. They want to do it. So the final, you know. <laughs> tell me again. <laughs> yeah. Tell me again not to go on my walk. Because in, fr in French, you have this word called, uh, or a verb, flâner. Yeah. Which you can probably give more context to it. But essentially, to me, it means just to sort of go on a walk with no certain purpose or anything, but just to enjoy, just yeah. to experience the walk. Yeah, exactly. So and there's well, a, that's a cultural Yeah, I think staple. that's a, a big thing too, because Paris is such 
like a, it's a city, right? So one kilometer around you, you can find whatever you need technically, mm-hmm. like from groceries and stuff. Yeah. I know that in California, it was by county. So really you had a large range of where you could go. And so I was still going to the beach. Like I was literally <laughs> driving all the way to the beach and having beach days. Oh my gosh. And like people gave zero fucks. Like really, <laughs> I, um, I ended up I did give fucks. <laughs> I got super <laughs> anal about like disinfecting everything that came into our home. Um, I didn't want to get near people, but mm-hmm. I did still go out and like live a little bit of my life without interacting too much with others around me. Yeah. Um, it was also a time for me where because we didn't live in a city and I had more freedom, I got to reconnect with myself again. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I talked about this before. I had been in a really toxic relationship. I had just gotten out of it like three months prior. So really getting close to my roommates, to myself, learning who I was again, um, doing a bunch of stuff together with like, I was so thankful to live in a house with four people. I can't imagine what it was like for you to live alone. Yeah. <laughs> I think if I had been living alone, my experience would have been so different. Totally. Yeah. But um, I was working as an office manager at a time for, at the time for a co-working center. So obviously that was not <laughs> the place to be. Yeah. I got furloughed early on. Um, and my roommates, Elor and Gabe, who were engaged at the time, um, were working remotely from home because they had that opportunity. And my other roommate, Kira, was a nurse fully working overtime in hospitals, treating COVID patients. Um, That's so intense. Yeah, that was I honestly like all my love to her because I don't know how she did that. She was working so much. Um, and then it also made me scared because she was around COVID patients yeah. all the time. <laughs> but essentially my routine was like I was just the child of the house doing nothing. Um, <laughs> I would wake <laughs> up um, before everyone, which was actually no, that's a lie. Gabe and Laura would get up at 6 a.m. to start working, which I don't know how they did that. Jeez. But <laughs> I'd wake up, I'd make breakfast for them. Um, Kira would be working, so I never really got to do that for her. But um They would go to work and I would go for my walk. I would work out after my walk. I think I was in the best shape I'd ever been in my life because I filled my time up with working out. That was the first time I consistently worked out was during COVID as well. Yeah. Because it it fills your time. Yeah. You're like, what else am I going to do? Yeah. Sitting around the house. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I remember I'd go on like two or three walks a day in my neighborhood. And I was super lucky to have a neighborhood that was basically like hiking trails because I was on the outskirts in L.A. I had never seen so many people from my neighborhood walking. Like, that was yeah. crazy. <laughs> like, everybody was out for walks. And um, and then I would come home. I would make lunch for everyone. Um, they'd go back to work. And then I would paint. I think I spent every single day painting. Aww. I ended up starting, like, selling my paintings, which was awesome. Yeah, and I know that amazing. Lucy, our other friend, also did that during COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, it just rekindled that creative spark. And at 5 p.m., cocktails were ready. Happy hour has begun. (laughs) They would come downstairs. I'd have our little cocktail. I bought a bar cart during that time. Like, I didn't have it before. Um, Your bar cart is a masterpiece. Oh, here? Yes. It was was not as nice in L.A. this one? Okay. this one is, like, elite. (laughs) Because, you know, the brocons here are are something. Um, But, yeah, we would do that. We would watch. We'd have our little dinner outside, either paint together also or talk, have light chats, or be watching TV. Like, we watched Outer Banks, Tiger King, (laughs) Love Island. I don't know if you did this at all, or I guess it wouldn't have been as much of a necessity. But during COVID, like, one of the things that I did that I don't think I would have done normally is that I did, like, FaceTime, like, wine nights with people. Oh, that's so fun. Who, you know, normally – if you're living your life and you're busy, you don't necessarily like catch up with yeah. that type of people. But it was like people who I hadn't spoken to or caught up with in so long. And 
because it was sort of more normalized to have to do things remotely mm-hmm. or do things like that, I would like just t- call yeah. people up and say, hey, let's schedule a wine night. And we would catch it's up. Nice. And it was people who I hadn't, you know, talked to in years. And it was kind of like a nice way to rekindle things. That is really nice. I think because I had people around me all the yeah. time, I did that less. Yeah. Um, I did have one like little high school reunion with my friends from high school where we played games online because that was like a whole (laughs) thing. At least they were doing that all the time. I had never done it, but we were playing like those online games where you all kind of log on and you're playing against each other. And didn't they have like Netflix watching party things? I never did that. I never did that, but sounds like it could have been fun. Yeah, I think it could (laughs) have been fun. Yeah, I think that was uh, the only other person I would FaceTime was my therapist. But (laughs) (laughs) shout out to you because uh, you really saved me during those dark times. Um, But yeah, and then eventually Elora and Gabe got furloughed as well. And then they broke up, which Mm -hmm. was sad, but I think for the best. Um, And Elora and I started our road trips around California because I wanted to get her out of the environment of, like, I just broke up. Like, that was our breakup house. Everybody in that house got broken up with or broke up with someone in that year. Um, And we were just either in L.A. going to the beach at my parents' house in Mountain View or uh, dog-sitting in cool California. And our good family friend's house that had, like, acres of land in the middle of nature. And it was – That sounds so nice. So nice. (laughs) Like, honestly, some of the best memories – I have, I think. That's amazing. But yeah, yeah. that sounds like so. I just am trying, I'm having a hard time like imagining all of that happening during COVID because yeah. everything here was so strict. Yeah. I <laughs> really didn't like let myself kind of go outside of the, I know tons of people were, you know, not yeah. respecting all the rules and stuff, but it was harder for me, you know, at yeah. the start at least. <laughs> no, I, I eventually yeah. did, you know, start to give less fucks, but. Yeah. Or fewer fucks, but <laughs> also you're alone breaking them. I was yeah. breaking them with people, so yeah, it felt yeah. less intimidating. Exactly. But, and I guess like cool for those of you who don't know, California is like kind of like the redneck parts of California. <laughs> um, so people really did not give fucks. Like there are people with like Trump stickers on their cars saying like COVID's a scam, Yikes. things like that. So we were following more rules than they were, but yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. No, that was very different. I am kind of a rule follower, so at the beginning I would literally stay within the one kilometer because <laughs> I'm just, you know. Um, but then well, by so the – the fine was like 135 euros. Like, it was, yeah. To- it, it, it was. And so around the second confinement, which started um, – so we had we basically had the summer that was more open. And then the second confinement fell in late October of 2020. Yeah, yeah, that was a tough time. That's wild because I talked in the last episode about visiting – TikTok boy. Yeah. And when I was in Paris visiting my my family and my school that I was going to go to, and that was like open Paris. And I know that and like at the time in the US, at least in mm-hmm. California, things were still closed down. Like there weren't people out at restaurants and stuff. Like you had to take it out and take it home. And like the only things open were like grocery stores. Yeah. And then I came to Paris and everything was open. People were <laughs> out at on terraces and I was like, oh my gosh, just give me life. I can't wait to come here. And literally the day I left, the second confinement started. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) thank God. (laughs) Yeah, you're very lucky. It was, that was, I was, I stayed in Paris for the second confinement and it was really, it was really tough. Mm -hmm. I was living alone at that point. In the winter. In the winter. And I was doing all my classes. Yeah, I was doing all my classes online from New York. Mm -hmm. So my classes would go until about 10 p.m. And we had a curfew at 6 p.m. So if I didn't go out to get my groceries for dinner 
before then, it was like, okay, you're kind of screwed because yeah. you couldn't go out of the house after 6 p.m. Um, at 8, people would come out of their windows and applaud Aww. and kind of cheer on the frontline workers, which I thought was really great. Um, but that was – yeah, that was a really hard time. I mm-hmm. was not doing so well no. during that time. I mean, all your friends had left. You yeah, that's the thing. I, I was truly – and I was very alone. Yeah. All the people I knew left. Um and again, one kilometer, you're very limited. I would go out on sort of like a mental health walk every day yeah. at least once um, and go to the gardens. I did eventually did pass the <laughs> one kilometer, and I ventured out to the Jardin de Tuileries. Um, Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so far. Daredevil. Um, and then, of course, you would see the police like riding around on their little – in their like packs of six of them on their bikes, which yeah. I just – I can't take seriously. It reminds me too much of like mall cop. The rollerblades. Uh, yeah, the or the rollerblades. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they would start to approach people and ask for their attestation. Yeah. Like literally ask to show your paper. To and, see your address and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so I – would just quietly close my book and, like, casually get up and stroll out the other, you know, side of the park. But um, I was actually – I was stopped once the whole whole time. I was stopped once. Um, It was during the third confinement, which uh, Mm. started in January of 2021. That's when you arrived. Yeah, that was (laughs) right when I arrived. (laughs) That was when you arrived. Um, They – during COVID, because there were no restaurants open and all this, they – you know, people would go out and would, you know, be gathering on the quay of the Seine in the gardens, you know, the parks and drinking and doing all this stuff. And so they actually made it illegal to drink in public, which yeah. normally in France is allowed. <laughs> yeah. So you can imagine how that went. Yeah. That did not go over so well. Um, and so you weren't allowed to drink in public. And so I was actually down on the quay with a friend having some beers and it was 7 p.m. So we were an hour past curfew already. And the police officers came marching up to us. And I was like, okay, what are we going to do? We had actually been speaking English. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just turned around and it was just kind of natural to say like, oh, hi. Yeah. And that completely disarmed them. Oh. They kind of like, their puffed chests just <laughs> kind of like settled down a little bit. And they were like, well, um, uh, it's um, – <laughs> Time to – and I was like, oh, my God, is it already – oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Time just flies. You know, we're hiding the beer bottles because that would have been a whole other fine. Yeah. So we're, like, tucking those under our coats. And <laughs> you're just like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, we got up and we, like, strolled away. Yeah. But we got – you know, yeah, it, it was okay. But um, they did – also, they would do traffic stops because – they, I was guilty of this a lot. I would Uber over to a friend's house and do like a whole evening. Yeah. Um, at someone's house. An Uber back. An Uber back, <laughs> yes. Um, one of my friends did li- live right next to a police station. So I would always have myself dropped off like two blocks away. And then I would just kind of peep around the corner yeah. <laughs> to check. I definitely photoshopped mine all the time about my addresses. I'd have like, I'd yeah. have, like six different addresses, like yeah. depending on Prepped. where I was going. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> And then um, I got really lucky because when second lockdown started in France, it, like, stopped in the U.S. And mm-hmm. so I was literally road tripping around with my roommates. And I was so thankful to have roommates during yeah. lockdowns. Yeah, I was very alone. I had – I basically – this is kind of a funny anecdote. But every time something exciting would happen, I would buy a bottle of, of Clicquot. Mm-hmm. And often I was by myself. I'd probably <laughs> drink all of it at some point. But um, for the 2020 election, I was with my friend Amin was going to oh, come yeah, over. And we were going to – Yeah, we were going to celebrate – um, that Biden won, 
And he actually got stopped by the police on his way to my house and got sent home. And so, but basically I would, each time something happened, so like, you know, when I passed my C1 French, you know, language level exam, and when I did this, when I finished, you know, whatever it was, winning the election, all these things, I would buy the bottle, and then I would peel off the label and put it in this scrapbook and, you know, write down what that it was. so freaking cute. <laughs> I wish I was that creative to oh have thought about that. That's so cute. Um, but it was just I like— I drink a lot during lockdowns. Yeah. <laughs> I can say that was probably the most I ever drink in my yeah. life. I, I actually also went on a couple FaceTime dates— with people oh. I met, which was very interesting. I went on real dates, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went on some FaceTime dates. It, what an experience that was. That's so bizarre. Interesting. So bizarre. Um, I did also, at that time, I feel like people were a bit more open to coming up to you in public because there was, like, no way to meet people. And so if I had been reading in, you know, the garden, people would come yeah. up and try to talk to me. That is true, actually, yeah. because we talked about how – French people in general don't really approach you to like mm-hmm. meet people but during that time I will say yeah I was approached quite often yeah during th- well I was only there for the third confinement but mm-hmm. I definitely was approached a lot more and like complimented on the streets like <laughs> by people whom I would actually maybe speak to so yeah yeah it was an int- yeah it was very interesting but I think the biggest thing culturally is that in the U.S., the culture of going out and having drinks outside and having tables outside was a very new thing in COVID. But mm-hmm. with France, that's, like, culturally so central yeah. already. Mm-hmm. And so it was a very natural thing to do. Um, and so when we didn't have that, I remember doing this with like you. It was so depressing. It was. Well, first of all, it was so depressing to, like, look at all these closed cafes. Yeah. But then I remember there was this place in the 6th. Um, what was it called? Rue Yeah, on, on Rue de Bussy. And they would put out a card table, and you could go up to the card table and order – I'm pretty sure it was just beers. No, they had cocktails. I had a They spritz. did? <laughs> okay. I do not remember that. But you would go up and you would order your cocktail at the card table. They would send – you know, the waitress inside and there would be a bartender there, but that yeah. was pretty much they did it. to-go drinks, pretty much. Yeah, just to-go drinks. And then people would stand on the street because it was kind of like a... They'd assemble outside. Yeah, we'd Even assemble. though we weren't allowed. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing was shut down a couple... And when that first started, by the way, thousands of people were yeah. out. Yeah. Thousands. Yeah. I remember, like, Packed holding street. my breath when I would, like, pass by sometimes because I was so freaked out. And then I was like, you know, fuck it. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, so one of these times when we were there, we met these... <laughs> Well, first of all, we didn't even meet them. We were kind of, I'm not going to lie, we were kind of scouting out. We were like, we're going to go out, we're going to see if there's cute guys. Yeah. Because, like, we were still, like, trying to date. I don't know. That was, like, the whole, like, culture of putting, like, I'm vaccinated on my, like, yeah. whatever on the dating apps. And we were scouting out, and we had, like, swatted a few cute people. Mm-hmm. And then this man who was just not well. Yeah, he was bothering us. And yeah. these guys essentially took notice. Yeah, and they helped us kind of they like pretended to know us so yeah. that he would leave us alone yeah and they came and then so we started chatting with them mm-hmm. the curfew was about to hit yes that's true and then i had to pee <laughs> there were no toilets available because obviously yeah. things were closed or like yeah they were closed off for sanitary reasons yes yeah, so you literally so had to go you, home yeah if you ever depressed like went over your one kilometer thing which at that point i think was over yeah it was 20 kilometers at that point yeah. which includes all of paris so so i would go to the other side of paris and there would be no fucking bathrooms <laughs> and i have the world's smallest bladder so mix <laughs> that with a fucking spritz or two yeah. and it hits you and you're like, holy shit, I'm about to pee my pants. And, yeah. like, no one would let you use their restroom. Yeah. 
So Quincy lived nearby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we're talking with these guys, and we're getting along quite well. And Justine and I, you know, we were basically the only people we knew. And we also just, you know, you have to paint the picture of there's literally no social activity going on at this point. We don't know anyone. Things are dead. And so meeting three people who you get along with and kind of click with, it was exciting. It was fun. It was, you know, it felt like a breath of fresh air. And so in a very spontaneous way... (laughs) We invited them over. We invited them to my apartment. <laughs> yes. And we picked up some things at the store on the way there. And then we went back to my apartment and kind of hung out with them there, um, which was... It literally stood by your one window, I think, for four hours. Yeah. <laughs> I think I didn't move. Just outside the window, drinking with these people. And we just blasted music and we're, yeah. like, dancing and chatting. With these people we just met. Yeah. What a time. So funny. It was it was so funny. But that was maybe not the smartest idea. But it was fun and it's one for the books. (laughs) (laughs) One of them was a metro driver. (laughs) He was like, I gotta go at 1 a.m. because I gotta go drive the metro. (laughs) He was on the metro during COVID. I think the point of the story goes to show how like honestly desperate for like human connection. You know us today, like that would never happen. It would never happen. <laughs> no, that would like, never happen. I watch way too much true crime to, like, not have stranger danger. Yeah. So, like, that would never happen under normal That's circumstances. That's the thing about COVID is stranger danger eliminated. I went on yeah. so many dates during yeah. COVID. And, like, because you couldn't go anywhere, you just go to each other's houses or yeah. to a public place. I mean, Jean and I, we we went on a walk on our first date Yeah, um, <laughs> from freaking Bestie to the Louvre. Which I don't know how many kilometers that would be or mm-hmm. miles, but it's like a nice, nice hour walk maybe. Yeah. Um, and then he was like, well, do you want to come over? And I was like, well, I've done it before, obviously. But I was like joking with him. I was like, you're not going to kidnap me, are you? Like we were <laughs> joking about that. Oh, my God. And I went over to his house like on our first date. Yeah. And that's just like so weir- weird to think about because now when we talk about how we met, I feel like so like – Oh, to say that yeah, and to like say, to oh, say we, that I went over to his house bit. on the first date. But yeah. then at the time, it felt so normal because, yeah. like, you had no other choices, really. I don't That's know. So P- maybe you do have a choice, and I was just extreme. But I feel like people kind of let their guards down a little bit Yeah. with that. And so we're all going through the same thing. We're all adjusting. We're all, yeah. you know, trying to figure out how to live a life but not endanger ourselves yeah. or other people. And it was it was a hard time, but it was like yeah. – I feel like it was a time when people were a bit more open to connection because things – were tough. Yeah, they were. So when things finally started to open up and the vaccine was being rolled out in France, they made this app called, uh, what was it called? Anti-COVID. Anti-COVID. And you would basically, because when we got vaccinated, we would get a QR code. And so yeah. you would scan the, the QR code and that would go into your app and you would basically just show that at a restaurant. And you and, had to show it to eat there. Yeah, you had to show it. And if you didn't have a vaccine, you would have to test every other day. To go sit down at a restaurant. Yeah. And you couldn't be more than six people at a table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, it was honestly, the past sanitaire was very advanced compared to what was in the U.S. I, I actually did get vaccinated um, in the U.S. because I was there in April of 2021 for my college graduation, which was online, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I got vaccinated at the Javits Center in New York. Shout out. <laughs> um, but just because the rollout was a bit behind in Europe, so I wouldn't have gotten the vaccine for a lot longer. Yeah, in the U.S., the opportunity to get vaccinated was way before mm-hmm. we ever got it in, in France. Yeah, they were rolling it out later, I guess. We just didn't yeah. have access to it until a bit later on. Um, so I did get vaccinated first in the U.S. And, and they were prioritizing 
people. Yes. So I actually, I had to go to a center in France and get them to convert my U.S. vaccine to the French. And you can imagine, I mean, we just talked about bureaucracy a couple episodes. So you can imagine how fun that was. But there was actually a woman who was willing to play ball and she essentially faked one for me because she was like, you're lucky. The day you got vaccinated was the first day we opened this center. And so I'm just going to say that you got it then. And then, you know, your second vaccine Mm-hmm. was going to be now yeah. or whatever. And so she made it for me, and it was amazing. So but nice it was it, it was also hard because I didn't have a social security number at the time. Oh. And so then when I got my next round, they were so confused. <laughs> <I bet>. <laughs> <laughs> also in yeah. France, the vaccines rolled out a lot later, but also because French people are so such rebellious people, yeah. many people did not want the vaccine. They were mm-hmm. like, "Don't I'm not putting that shit in me. And it wasn't yeah. political at all. It was just like French people are rebels. Like they just won't do what they Yeah, they, they don't w- like being told what to do. Yeah. A lot of people also didn't want to download uh, the anti-COVID and put their information in an app. it tracked you also. Because, yeah, it would track you. And so if you pass by someone who tested positive, it would, it tell, would you. tell you. And people didn't want their personal information in there. Yeah. I think that is or also. Or their location followed. Yeah, yeah, their location. But that, I feel like, is also kind of at a core of French yeah. culture as well. And then we started um, being able to travel in mm-hmm. within Europe. Yes, that was And great. you also had to get tested before and have the vaccine. And they had different laws in different places. We went to Italy. Mm-hmm. I went to Greece. We had to pay like 90 euros to get a test before our flight because yeah. you had to have a test. Yeah, and at the beginning, the turnaround times were so inconsistent. Yeah, they're like, yeah, we'll get this back to you. And it's like, well, will you today or tomorrow or well, the day after? I remember being in the U.S. So for Christmas of 2020, I finally went home. And basically when I was going back to France at the end of December, beginning of January, there were no tests in the U.S. Mm. And I at my, like, patient care or whatever it's called, they're like, oh, well, the turnaround time is three weeks. I'm like, well, the, by the time I get the test back, if it was positive, I'll be negative by that time. I'll, it'll have cleared my system. That's so true. And so I had to pay – I think I ended up paying $500 to get a test that was guaranteed to come back in 24 hours so that I could get on the plane to come back yeah i did i remember paying like a hundred something for a test insane just for flight and it had to be an international test you couldn't just do any test it had to be a test to travel internationally Mm -hmm. because i went back to the u.s in may of 2021 that was wild i forgot about that and it was like so stressful you had to go and be like am i gonna get this in time to make my plane yeah i remember getting one one code back from france from a french lab like 20 (laughs) minutes before i was like going into the airport I was like, thank God, because then you have to you, – you yeah. can't get on your flight. That's terrible. I'm sure people were yeah. photoshopping and things like that, but 100%, I don't yeah. have it in me to do that. In, in France especially, people fucking photoshop their passes all the time. Yeah. I mean, t- it's harder. You couldn't Photoshop the QR, the pass sanitaire, because it's a QR code that you would scan. Yeah. But well, people used each other's. How? You just screenshot somebody else's QR. That's really weird. Yeah, people do that. Like – French people are rebels. They'll do anything. That was like a crazy start to my Parisian adventure. And I guess Mm -hmm. kind of yours too is like, yeah. And it's the reason why I'm able to be here today because I, if I had, if COVID hadn't happened, I would have just gone back to New York. I would have done my senior year in New York. Yeah, that's true. And I probably would have just been working in New York at this time. I don't think I would have done a master's. I don't think I, we wouldn't have met. Yeah. I mean, there are some silver linings for sure. There's some funny memories from COVID now that I can go back, like things that you can laugh about now that were not so great then. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I look back, not a lot, but it has happened. And I think it just makes me very like thankful for everything that I've built since then in Paris. Mm-hmm. 
you know, the friends, the job, the, you know, just everything that I have done because, you know, it's really, truly building a life from scratch. And to have to do that through a global pandemic (laughs) is just another level that I don't think you can replicate how difficult that was. Yeah, absolutely Um, not. But from that comes so much strength. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like friendships just got deeper, quicker Mm -hmm. because you – yeah. You got to relate on really tough topics, like, from the start. Mm-hmm. You spent so much time together. Yeah, definitely some tough times overall, but I think we had a lot of silver linings between the two of us. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely our wonderful friendship that came out of COVID and... Being in Paris. Being in Paris, exactly. The fact that we're even here today. So we're very thankful, despite, you know, how tough it was. And that concludes for today. Next week, we will be talking about summer in Paris, both what we are up to, but then also some of our recommendations and insider tips if you are coming to visit sometime soon. And so on that note, à bientôt. Au revoir. Au revoir.